0: Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast, giving you the best tips on achieving the perfect renovation whilst making it as fun, safe, and as cost-effective as possible by hearing from experts in the industry and people that have been through the experience themselves. Let me introduce your host, four-times award winner of world-leading interior design website House and over 16 years in the industry,
1: renovating just over 250 properties and James Woodham. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Property Renovation Podcast. On today's episode, I had a really nice chat with Dean, who is a gas engineer from Yorkshire. Uh, He's been in the industry for 30 years, uh, so he's got plenty of experience. Himself and Nikki run a small family business serving just Yorkshire, and they just keep it very simple. Um, I've been speaking to them both, uh, a few times before the episode recording, and it was just really nice to hear that they are really genuine. Um, they spend a lot of time educating a homeowner, and if they can avoid the, the homeowner spending money, um, more than they need to, uh, then they would, um, they would help them out, and they would give them advice, uh, which is just really nice of them, really. Um, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, we will be putting the transcription Uh, of the episode onto our blog which is launching at the end of march um and also uh dean has very nicely said that he would come into the uh our facebook group so if you've got any questions uh you're more than welcome to ask him uh you can go to our facebook group by just uh going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the property renovation podcast enjoy the episode Ding, uh welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Um, Dean, can we start off by saying, um, what's your background and what made you choose uh, being a gas engineer as a skill?
0: Okay, so I was previously employed by a well-known service and energy supplier, Yeah, um, but I have always, as long as I can remember, wanted to run my own business. Mm. And I've always wanted to be in mechanical trade. Uh, so my vision was to think and act like a major provider, but to try and do it in a more personable way, uh, a local way. Uh, and what I mean by that is my customers can talk to us at any time of the day or night. Uh, you don't get this from major players, except in extreme circumstances, such as gas leaks, for example. Mm. But therefore, we provide the benefits of and elements of my experience on a local friendly level. We're able to offer a wide range of services, these companies do. I've currently got 30 years experience in the gas service industry.
1: Okay. And has it been a challenge growing the business or have you found that you've been loved as like, because it sounds like you provide quite a unique service there? Yeah.
0: Like I say, we try to provide the widest range of services possible Mm. uh, as opposed to somebody, say, for example, that just wants to fit a gas boiler. Yeah. Um, But our vision really is to keep it compact keep it small so just myself my wife Nikki, and an apprentice uh, Nathan
1: cool good okay and um what um certificates are required to be a gas engineer can you tell us about like the level of training and the refreshers because I do know that you have to go uh, and refresh your knowledge every now and again as well and stay on top of regulations
0: Okay, so uh, I hold a City and Guilds qualification in gas installation studies, as well as current acts accreditation in different categories for the various elements of my occupation, as well as an A1 assessor's degree in, and energy efficiency accreditation, so I can give clear advice to homeowners specific needs in relation to cost saving and comfort in the home. Although some gas engineers may have taken a different route, such as relevant engineering training courses and apprenticeships, coupled with an approved training centre's competency demonstration tests, Uh, they may have shadowed a qualified engineer and then sitting written and practical tests. Keeping up to date is a requirement, and and we have a dedicated trade magazine which provides updates and legislation changes. We must attend the training centre every five years to demonstrate competency in our work scope. My, my specific competency and workscopes are uh, combustion analysis, which we need to be able to do uh, so we can commission modern gas boilers, cookers, fires, pipework, range cooker boilers, vented cylinders, warm air units, water heating, leisure um, appliances such as gas tumble
1: dryers. Okay. And, I mean, it does sound really complex. Um, what's the the kind of questions that you're asked? Like, it, it, is it kind of, um, do they make it complex enough because it's a very responsible um, skill to have?
0: Um, again... The difference between a gas engineer per se and a plumber is is one that to to have the complete range of skills, um, it's very, very expansive. Uh you may just want to be able to fit central heating, so you only need a specific element of these skills mm. you know, to demonstrate safety.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um and what's the most common assumptions that you've heard homeowners make regarding plumbers versus gas um, versus engineers. Well,
0: I I trained in gas installation studies. Uh, by that, we studied um, the flame speeds of gases, the, the specific gravities of gases, um, and how a gas burner operates. Uh, Things like that, whereas a plumber may not have done, but has to demonstrate his competency in being, being able to do it in a safe manner. Okay. Yeah, we did emergency situations, gas escapes.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to consider. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone was uh, listening and thinking about like pursuing a career in gas... What would they like? What's a good start for them?
0: A good start uh, for somebody that wants to go into the uh, gas industry is it depends on whether which avenue they want to pursue. Um, If they want to just go into uh, fitting a gas boiler or indeed anything involved in gas engineering, from Mm. fitting a cooker or laying service pipes in the road, there's a lot to consider a good start would be to contact a local technical college who can offer advice and a list of contacts which will take on trainees and apprentice schemes.
1: Okay. Um, And, I mean, I've probably heard a couple of times where uh, before anyone considers going down that route, because it it is a bit of investment, I guess, um, just to make sure they like it, would you advise anyone to, like... Follow an engineer around if um, you know if they've got like a friend of the family or uh, someone that's willing to do that, but just to shadow them for a while, not actually do the work, but just to see whether it's something that you'd like to do.
0: Uh, yeah, without a doubt, it's 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 a good good avenue to go down. Um, yeah. The can always then take up uh, the college schemes that are available. Yeah, and you use this information uh, as portfolio evidence. Take photographic evidence and things like that. Yeah. And that'll stand them in good stead to be able to take the relevant examinations, to be able to come into the gas industry.
1: I guess you've got to be really good at maths, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of equations.
0: I, I tend to leave that to Nikki.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Um so listen, what's the common concerns? shared between gas engineers about the safety around people's homes?
0: Okay, so things like DIY concerns us. Um, people should use a gas safe registered engineer. Mm. Uh, and not only that, they should question that engineer onto the competency scope. Uh, I also think that if the HSE really did want to cut incidents, they should make gas equipment unavailable for general sale. They've probably got the infrastructure in place because they hold a registry of gas installers. Mm. Um, another big concern is neglect. Modern appliances mm. are far from fair and forget pieces of equipment. So if people got them regularly checked and serviced, that cut out a lot of things as
1: well. Yeah, I, we were talking about this before we come on air actually, and said that you know it's, it's quite crazy that just anyone can go in and buy a boiler off the shelf.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it is.
1: Yeah. 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 It's kind of like, you know, the, the, it's, it's, it is, if you, if you imagine like trying to keep that under control, um, things would be a lot, lot safer because in the news there's been like these explosions and things going on. Um, and I know that like, just from listening to the news a few months or years ago, actually, like they are related to, um, border installations. They are, you know, and, um, it, it's, it is concerning. It is concerning whether they're not even really like. You have to monitor. Uh, you have to get your gas boiler serviced. What is it every every year? Right. Every twelve months, you should get all gas appliances checked. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, cool. So, tell us about a poor
0: installation that you've discovered and corrected. Well, fortunately, due to a greater understanding of using gas safe engineers, unsitu- unsafe situations in regard to risk to health doesn't happen very often. Okay. Or, or, however, part of the installation and poor installation doesn't necessarily mean unsafe installation. Um, but if it's been done by somebody that isn't gas gas-safe registered, then, uh, the, the warranty, um, is, no one void to begin with. And I don't see why somebody would want to go out if they were doing a project at home, buy a gas appliance and try and do it themselves, mm. spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds and have no warranty to fall
1: back on. I mean, if someone had a boiler fitted, um, it's actually not a question I've got down here, but I'm just thinking about it now. So if someone had a boiler fitted um, and it was by an engineer and the homeowner, for some reason, they just felt that um, there wasn't quite—you know—it sure, was it, they weren't quite sure about the competency of that engineer. And um, but still, you know, they've got got it installed; it's all working. Um, would it be wrong of them to consider getting a second opinion and getting someone over to check it out to make sure the installation has been carried out correctly?
0: Well, fortunately, legislation doesn't allow us to do that. Um, the installation has to be completed by a gas safe registered engineer right. uh, from start to finish. Uh, that is, they have to make sure that the boiler frame, for example, has been secured correctly, not to mention the actual gas pipe routing and safety issues with that. So uh, we can only register a boiler if it's been installed by the, the gas safe registered company
1: right okay okay good to know um, so do you have a funny story that you could tell us about you know something work related
0: well it's um, it's a pretty serious um, occupation but uh, from time to time things come up <laughs> when I was uh, on service and repair from uh, we got a Report from the smell of gas from customer. Um, so we had to check out the internal gas supply. And um, this was in a block of flats. So it's taken quite seriously. So there were guys from Transco, the national grid, all flying around with the gas go seekers, the things that smell the gas, looking um, mm-hmm. for any leaks of any description. Um, mm-hmm. and, and nothing could be found. So we did all the relevant tests. Yeah, you've got no problems here, there's no gas escapes here, uh, left everything working. We got the same phone call the previous night uh, and the night after that. And it was only um, when the lady said that the smell was coming from behind the back of the uh, work units, even though there was no gas pipe work there, I decided to take the back off the cupboard. Uh, and unfortunately, um, I discovered a slightly decomposing moggy which the lady identified as spot who had been missing for a couple of weeks. Grim, but at least the case was closed.
1: <laughs> um, so a cat, a cat, like, that's that's what, I mean, if you don't know what a moggy is, it's, it's actually a cat. And you, so you found a cat behind there? That's crazy. No, but, yeah, the smell of
0: decomposition decomp- is very similar to methane gas. Wow.
1: <laughs> My gosh. I okay. I'll never forget that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a picture in your head for a while. (laughs) Okay, um, so the next question I've got is actually from someone I've asked uh, in our Facebook group. And uh, for those listeners out there, you can come into our private um, Facebook group by just going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Property Renovation Podcast. And with this question, it's about the experience of it's actually a two-part question. So, experience of most reliable boiler makes and um, plastic plumbing for central heating. Your opinions uh, and problems, if any. Which plastic system is best?
0: Uh, so, for your first question is um, the best boiler. Did you say? Yeah, most reliable boiler. The most reliable boiler. Uh, well, a boiler is a boiler is a boiler. Uh, to kind of phrase. Mm. Uh, same as anything uh, and different engineers will have uh, different points of view sometimes it's based on they might have had uh, good feedback from uh, the manufacturer they may have had a, you know a good uh, where they've had a warranty repair and uh, it's been dealt yeah. with accordingly uh, so they'll, they'll go for that gas boiler uh, and that's that's the way we go. Mm. And it's it's all a question of personal choice. Uh, some customers, for example, will read magazines and, and take take advice from there. Mm. When I first started, boilers were very simple pieces of equipment. It consisted of four main components: uh, a gas valve, a burner, a thermostat, and a heat exchanger. Mm. And Faults were very rare. But even then, fault finding was simple and straightforward. Modern gas appliances are far more complex, and I like to think of them as electrical appliances containing a gas burner. Right. But more specific knowledge and training and experience is needed to work on these appliances. Uh, Plastic plumbing. Well, uh, it's moved on a lot, and there's nothing wrong with plastic plumbing. Again, it's down to engineer choice. Yeah. Yeah. Although they do recommend now when you're working in confined spaces such as underfloor and loft that you do use non soldered or non heat related components. So yeah. plastic, yeah. plastic push fit is is great to work in these areas. Mm-hmm. And the days where I remember as an apprentice being shoved under the floor with a, with a butane blowtorch and, you know, crowded along soldering fittings. <laughs> those days have gone now. We can more or less fit a central heating system with one guy at one end of a room and one guy at the other and thread plastic through, uh, and it's great. It's, it's, it, it makes perfect economical sense
1: for everybody. Uh, do you think, um, I mean, not specifically uh, gas-related, but do you think the mass introduction of plastic piping um, has opened up the doors to reducing um, the work... Level the work chances for the trade, um, and you're finding that more DIY experiences are, being, uh, are happening. Do you think?
0: Well, you don't necessarily need to be extremely skilled to be able to extend a central eating system in your own home. Say, yeah. for example, you want to fit an extra radiator, um, this equipment's available for general sale, um, and providing it's done competently. Uh, then there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. uh, the downfall comes in, in where somebody may have drained the central heating system to fit this extra radiator mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: and fill the system back up not put the correct amount of inhibitor back in the system or even there uh, was say have drained the system down and left the gas boiler running and it's overheated and caused a whole host of issues inside the boiler um, yeah. that's, you can't stop somebody from mm-hmm. doing that um you'd have know, the correct advice yeah yeah just reading the instructions
1: i mean there are guides online and you've got youtube that can help you and stuff like that i think um just with those gas sorry with those um the plastic piping and um uh you know they they do have a tendency to pop every now and again and you know it's, that that is a risk as well isn't it
0: it is. Although the manufacturers say, if installed correctly, this can't happen, and yeah. um, these extended lifetime guarantees of, of our fittings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember one instance where I bought a packet of uh, plastic fittings, and um, the stainless steel grab ring was missing. All right. So I fitted uh, a fitting onto a piece of pipe, uh, tested it, and it and it slid straight off. Now, God forbid, if a household, of, for example, may have, have, have got these fittings and used them in a bathroom installation, mm-hmm. and then the mains back on, it could have caused um, a great deal of problems. And they may not have been aware as to w- w- why that why that's occurred.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just a couple of questions while I'm thinking about it. A, a typical boiler problem. Someone. Um, someone's home uh, and their boiler um, stops working you know what's the what is the
0: typical thing the most common thing that happens like with pressure I guess Uh, well depending on the the type of boiler it may it may flash up a fault code uh, and if you've got the manufacturing instructions, it'll guide you in the right direction as to what's happened so there'll be a specific fault code for lack of pressure Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and then you provide him uh, the original installation engineers correctly instructed you, repressurize the system. Yeah. So the, okay. So that that information is available, and this should have all been done on the original installation. Yeah. Uh, given given the household the correct information. Okay.
1: Um, what's the typical price range for a boiler? Uh, like a combi boiler to be installed, not installed but the actual purchase of one. What is the price range? I've seen them around for like you can pick up one for maybe four hundred and fifty quid, or you could end up spending seventeen hundred pounds.
0: Absolutely, you, you, you're absolutely correct there. You can. Uh, we will we, we'll generally pick an appliance suitable for the for the house uh, if we're given the you know if the customer says we want you to choose the boiler. Uh, we tend to choose a range uh, that we know that may have an extended warranty period. Okay. Up to 10 years. In fact, there is one manufacturer out there that offers a 15-year uh, warranty period, which is basically a lifetime warranty. Yeah. How well you're
1: paying for that. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah.
0: The the lower-end boilers, um, although they'll do exactly the same job, uh, parts availability may become difficult and the price of the parts tend to be more expensive okay. Not on the warranty period, not as long. So you may get a, um, a £400 boiler, as you say, with a two-year warranty. Uh, but let's say it needs a gas valve in three years. That may be twice, sometimes three times the price of a gas valve for a higher-end appliance. Got you, got you, Guy. Okay. So it, it, it really is down to personal choice which, which way you want to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, back to the question. So uh, what should someone do if they are looking to hire a gas engineer?
0: Well, without doubt, ask a family member or a friend if they can recommend someone. This is by far the best method. Uh, Not only that, the engineer who gets recommended will appreciate being recommended and is likely to be more attentive and courteous in the first place. Mm. Um, I'm concerned about the number of website-based referral systems where people tap in, I need a plumber, I need a gas engineer, um, because uh, this is where um, the roads may lay in wait. I'd be very careful about using some of those sites. Right. If you're going to use one of those uh, website uh, referral systems, use the ones where uh, the engineers pay an annual subscription Mm. then then I'll add it to be the better one, which shows a bit more of a commitment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if someone was to, I don't know, if someone was to hire an engineer from one of those kind of sites, would it be a good idea to um, ask for their registration and then check that out beforehand,
0: maybe? Without a doubt, ask ask for the gas safe registration and check their uh, range of competency skills as well. Um, Yeah. May be gas safe registered, uh, but they may only be competent in working on uh, gas boilers when in fact you want the cooker installing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Okay, good. Um, okay, so we're always almost towards the end, but um, could you give um, our listeners
0: any money saving tips? Yeah, of course I can. Um, firstly, if your boiler's over 15 years old, it may need replacing. That could save you around about Two hundred and seventy-five pound a year. Okay, and that source is from the Energy Savings Trust, not from me. It's 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 set in stone. Is that that's what they say? Okay. Modern appliances uh, maybe only 70 percent efficient. Modern appliances now they're getting up to ninety three percent efficient. Okay. And um, it's great because I go to a lot. Of, I still go to a lot of old boilers, service them, do a few bits and pieces, repair them, and that and. I'll get an old floor standing cast iron boiler, and the customer will say, Oh, it's very efficient. When in actual fact, what they really mean is being really reliable. Yeah. You know, the confusion lies. Um, so good, good. When you, if, you, if you've got a modern boiler where you're not going to really achieve any more efficiency, think about changing the controls. That's vital to help achieve energy efficiency. Mm. That technology is also around now. Uh, and that's optimizing and compensating constantly to the varying conditions of the uh, weather. Uh, because sometimes in this country, no two days are the same. So we still leave the timer and the thermostat all the time. You get something like weather compensation, like uh, which is it's like an outside thermostat. Uh-huh. If the weather's slightly warmer uh, on day two, it'll switch the heating on a bit later or it'll... Um, cycle the boiler at a lower temperature. So we're we're maximizing energy efficiency. Mm.
1: It's it's a good point that you say about the smart technology. I mean you can now literally like um tell your your home device or your you know um your heating to come on an hour before you come home. So it doesn't need to you know you, you can really, really control it now. Right down to That's that. right.
0: And, and and alongside that the modern smart controllers, uh, they call them optimizing, um, because they start thinking for themselves uh-huh. and they know that the work out your lifestyle. It's really crazy, and they actually know when you're going to come home. So you might set it to come on an hour before you come home, but it might think, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to set it another half an hour later. Yeah, I know when they walk through the door, this temperature in this dwelling is going to be at the temperature they want when they come in. Right. It's crazy stuff. It? <laughs> A
1: little bit freaky as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like Big Brother is watching you. I think no yeah. one else. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, listen, I just want, have one more final question. Um, it's been great having you on. So um, what is your opinion uh, of the Property Renovation Podcast, that we're, what we're trying to do? do you, what do you think about it?
0: Uh, I just hope it provides good information uh, for the industry and homeowners alike. Um, so they can make informed decisions with the projects and tasks, however big and small. Yeah. Um, and I certainly look forward to any further questions the listeners may have now or in the future. You can email me at email any time. Great. And if you
1: do want to email, Dean, you can go thegasmanyorkshire at live.co.uk. Um, I'd also extend uh, the invite to come into our... Um, facebook group uh dean because um that's growing and uh, i'm sure people will like to ask you a question or two so um if you'd like to join that then you're more than welcome um dean it's been great to have you on and um uh, i look forward to speaking you to, to you sometime in the future so thank you very much
0: no no problem at all thank you very much
1: all right cheers Just before you go, we wanted to let you know that the Akiva Toolkit has now launched. What's that, you might say? Well, it's 10 documents that you can go and download for a very small fee, and then it will enable you to bring your project in on time and on budget. We've put these together to make sure it's as simple as it can be. And in return, you will feel supercharged, super confident in managing your project, your self-build, your renovation, anything yourself. They've all been put together by people that have been in the industry for many, many years. And as soon as you download it, you're then in the basket for any updates, any new documents that are issued throughout the time. We will be reviewing it over time and time to get it better and better and better. We would only be able to do that by hearing from yourself. So please leave us any feedback. If you think it's for you or you think this could benefit someone else, that you might know, then please share it. You can go to akivatoolkit.com to find out more information. Thank you very much.